but as far as, you know, where that stoner actually ranks, I think it's easily the worst one of all time. Um, and, and really, it was just from the reaction of Stone Cold. Like, the moment that he did it, he just started busting out laughing. Like, he knew how terrible that looked. And, like, you know, you've got a whole lot of history of really bad stoners. Like, Donald Trump's was pretty bad. And <laughs> I think that one took the cake on it just because it was choreographed incredibly poorly. Like, he didn't get a hold of him the first time. He threw him into the ropes and then came back. And still, it looked horrible. Yes. So I'm going to go with worst of all time. Welcome back to Knowledge Brews Supreme, the show that percolates your creativity. And it is I, your host, Dr. John Chansey, back and better than ever. On today's very special edition of Knowledge Brew Supreme, I'm starting a new tradition by breaking down one of the most exciting sporting events from this past weekend. That's right, we're talking about WrestleMania 38 here on Knowledge Brew Supreme, which took place over two nights in Dallas, Texas. For those of you who don't know, I'm a pretty big fan of most sports, but I have a very soft spot in my heart for all things professional wrestling. I've been watching pro wrestling since I was a kid. You know, my dad got me into it. I took a long break during my teenage years, but found myself getting back into it again in my late 20s, early 30s. And WrestleMania is the premier spectacle in all of professional wrestling. Like even when the WWE product isn't that great when it's down, you still would want to tune into WrestleMania. Uh, so today we're talking all things WrestleMania 38. However, I can't do this alone. I'm joined by two very good friends who make up uh, a big chunk of the mid-card marks. It's a group of friends of mine who also enjoy watching and talking about pro wrestling together. So I'm joined by Cody Hill and Zach Ramsey. So just a quick backstory, quick background about these two folks. Cody, uh, he has a background in professional wrestling. He was a former ring announcer for several local wrestling pro, uh, promotions, uh, XWE, Mid-South, Empire, World Class, just to name a few. Uh, Zach, he, he's got his uh, Juris Doctorate. He's a public defender here in the Oklahoma City metro area. Both of these guys are just diehard wrestling fans and very qualified to be here and talk about this. So, welcome to the show. How are you both doing today? Have you settled down for the uh, from the mania hype yet? No. If I tell my wife we're going to watch another night of wrestling after eight nights, she might murder me. <laughs> and that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> uh, yeah, I settled down pretty quick. Um, you know, the thing about WrestleMania is that it's a marathon. Um, so once you get through it, you kind of want to take a break, which the state of wrestling doesn't really allow you to do since you have uh, Raw the next night. Sure. But, yeah, I've kind of settled down at this point, so we're good. 
<laughs> yeah, it's the one sport that net doesn't take a break. It's going all year round. The Super Bowl, it would be like if the Super Bowl, there was a game the next day. You're like, wait, what? Like Raw the next day? And it's like just as important, if if not sometimes more important. Um, so fantastic. Glad to have you both here. Let's get right into it. I'm going to give a really quick recap of the two nights, and then we'll start diving into some, you know, deep diving into the, the show itself. So night one started off the Usos. They kept their tag belts. Uh, you know, Drew McIntyre. Uh, finished off happy Corbin and he also destroyed the ring uh, he destroyed the ring ropes with a sword which was kind of a nice gimmick it was a nice you know way to take a pause early in the show and set up for for more stories to come the Miz and Logan Paul defeated the Mysterios Ray and Dominic uh, Bianca Belair had another Wrestlemania moment by beating Becky Lynch for the Raw women's title Cody Rhodes of AEW ilk made his WWE return uh, with a huge win over Seth freaking Rollins. We're going to talk more about that, I'm sure. Uh, Charlotte Flair retained her title, the, uh, the, the, or the SmackDown women's title over, over Ronda Rousey. Uh, and then after 19 years, a hiatus, Stone Cold Steve Austin made his in-ring return and with a win over Kevin Owens. So that's just one night. That's just crazy to say. That's like enough to fill a pay-per-view on its own. But no, there was a second night. You had RK Bro. They won their opening match, the opening match, the triple threat tag team match. You had Bobby Lashley defeating almost uh, Johnny Knoxville plus the Jackass crew really embarrassed Sami Zayn with a bunch of gags. And he managed to get the win without doing a whole lot of wrestling. You had Naomi and Sasha Banks winning the women's tag titles, giving Sasha Banks her first WrestleMania win. Uh, Edge defeated uh, AJ Styles. Sheamus and Ridge Holland, they got a win over the New Day. If we can call that a match, it was so short, I'm not even sure. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Pat McAfee of, you know, podcast of NFL fame. That Pat McAfee beat Austin Theory but immediately loses to Vince McMahon. Yes, that Vince McMahon, the same Mr. McMahon from 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but not to be outdone, Stone Cold delivered and saves Pat McAfee kind of from a post-match ass whooping and uh, stuns both Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee. Sorry, Pat. And then to close out the show, Roman Reigns unifies the WWE title and the Universal title with a, with a win over Brock Lesnar. So I think I covered anything. Is there anything I missed? That's two nights worth, but it was so much. There, there's a chance I missed something. I'm impressed you yep. got all that in there. That's a lot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> it you was a it. lot to watch. There were no pre-show matches, so sure, it made it a little sure. bit easier. There yeah. should have been, though. There should have been, yes. Should've yes. Been. That's probably one of the biggest complaints, I think, was, uh, you know, you had all this time at the beginning. Like, let's say you sit down and watch the – the pre-show, which was just an hour of filler time, plus each night, plus the second pre-show. I mean, you're dedicating a lot of time. And then it still felt like, hey, where, where are some of these other matches that maybe could have been there? You know, where was Finn Balor, perhaps, or, or uh, you know, anyways. Well, so, so that's the problem is that go they've got all these matches and you don't put any of them on a pre-show. And then you've actually moved the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, whatever they're calling it. They moved that to SmackDown the night before two nights before or whatever so you eliminated the possibility to get a whole lot more wrestlers on the card by not having a pre-show in that kind of regard 
How do you not have the U.S. title or Intercontinental title defended yeah. on WrestleMania? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So they, I, they dropped the ball on that. Exactly. Exactly. Those are some big nits to pick, I think. And it's weird how the WWE, it seems like they get around, like the Andre the, the Giant Battle Royal, they just slap the word WrestleMania on something on SmackDown. It's like the pre-WrestleMania. And I don't know if that's their way to kind of appease this, you know, the, the talent or what, but it does certainly seem strange that you have two nights and yet you still have to move things around and you still have to leave certain people off the card. But yeah. anyways. And not so, only that, they, they, had a, they had a women's WrestleMania Battle Royale the last yeah. couple of years, which... Did they move that to something and I didn't notice it? Or did they just <laughs> that wasn't even hard. It wasn't yeah. even at all over yeah. the weekend. So that's dumb. Something else that gets lost in the shuffle. So that kind of leads me into my first big picture question about WrestleMania. So going back not that long ago, starting with WrestleMania 36, the WWE made this event two nights rather than one. Perhaps it was in response to the, the debacle of WrestleMania 35, which I believe was in New York that year. And it was people were getting out at such crazy hours. The show was just insanely long. People were stuck. I mean, it was just a real, a real shit show, basically. So I think that was some of the impetus there. But so how do you each feel about WrestleMania being broken up into two nights? Are you for or against it? Zach, what do you think? Uh, I'm definitely pro. I'm definitely for it. Uh, it makes it a more digestible product, essentially, because, you know, we all remember the days of WrestleMania being one day and it would start at, I think it was four and it would go until probably damn near midnight. Um, and so whenever you do it on two nights, you at least get the opportunity to not burn everybody out in one night. The only problem with that is that you're then burning them out over two nights, <laughs> which, which happens in this kind of thing, because these are both really long events. Sure. Um, so I, I'm definitely for it being two nights. The problem is that, you know, like we just talked about, you're not prioritizing what you need to over those two nights because you can fit in a whole lot of stuff, but the way they did it this year, they didn't put in a whole bunch of the things that we wanted to see. Not all the titles were defended. We didn't see these battle royals. So, you know, basically anything that we complain about is really just more about how they're actually just organizing the show but from a big picture standpoint I, I totally agree with it being two nights because you know whenever you do it over one you're gonna cut a whole bunch of stuff and just make sure. it you know even less entertaining than it should be sure i love the fact that they do two nights i remember when uh, new japan would do wrestle kingdom and that was where like the first like idea of doing a two-day event was and I always was like, man, I'd love to see that happen. And there's a lot of other things that go on in WrestleMania week. You know, we saw Ring of Honor had a show, uh, GCW had a bunch of shows. There's tons that go into that week. And I agree with Zach, like you should be able to fit everything on two days. The fact that they weren't able to do that. The the one thing that I didn't like that they did was Friday's SmackDown was a big filler episode. You know, they had the Battle Royal, they had a couple other matches. I think you make Friday all about the hall of fame um and one thing that was lost in the weekend was nxt was at noon on saturday yes yes and no one knew that you know so it was like you know if you go the format of let's do nxt thursday hall of fame friday wrestlemania saturday and sunday i think it gives it a really cool like idea to do that but i love it i mean 
I definitely am going to be wrestled out if I watch eight hours in one day or eight hours in two days, regardless. So, sure, sure, sure. Which, by the way, when did we get rid of NXT Takeover? Like, <laughs> when was that a thing? Whenever Vince had the idea of running NXT himself. Oh, so yeah, now yeah. they do stand and deliver on the road. I think they only do two shows on the road now. Wow. Everything else is at the performance center. So, geez. It's changed. It's changed so much, and and, and probably it, not for the not for the good, not for the better. I watched. I watched the whole pay per view and the ladder match they had, and if you watch NXT now, you won't really recognize eighty five percent of the people on there. Sure. The most of the pay per view was <laughs> trash. So yeah, it was difficult to watch. Did y'all see Nash Carter today? Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, he got released. Did he win the belt back at yeah. Deliver? Oh my gosh! Of course, <laughs> leave MSK. it to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you're. I, I tend to agree with you both on the two night format. I don't mind it, and I think when you consider, yeah, you have the you have SmackDown on Friday, you get the two days of Mania, then the Raw on Monday, you know, and that really doesn't even begin to talk about NXT. But kind of at the end of it all, like I, I love that week of really going all in on WWE and on WrestleMania especially if you're like a lapsed fan, it could be like the one time of year you really get to dive in. But I think after all that time, it, it, it does, it does lead to a little bit of burnout. So, um, you know, we'll see if in a week or two, if I'm still this excited, but for at least now it's got me, you know, pretty interested in, in what's going on. So Which raw was, what did you guys think of Monday night raw on Monday? I'm so I'm the wrong person to ask in the sense that I have a very hard time of watching a three hour raw. So I watched the 90 minute truncated version on Hulu. So I don't know what I missed. I know I kind of got the highlights. Um, I, you know, I got to see Roman come out. I got to see Cody. Cody opened the show, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure it wasn't different. That was probably my favorite part. I'm, I'm really excited about Cody being in, in, uh, wwe so I, I was at least excited i caught that part but right. anyways i thought raw was incredibly poor um and that's just because I, I set a pretty high expectation of raw after mania as i think anybody should yeah just based off of how they've been you know doing it over the last few years there weren't any surprises that you know i tuned in and got to see like right. i have over the past couple of years there was no big nxt call up you know, they had Veer coming on there, but they'd already announced that, so we knew that was coming. There was nobody on the show who was not utilized that showed up, like Asuka, Alexa Bliss, anybody like that. And so, I mean, it was fine for what it was, but for what I would have expected it to be, having basically something, yeah, didn't deliver. Well, we did get uh, Ezekiel, so oh, who is, who is oh, not Elias. Yeah, maybe that's the one surprise. Okay, yeah, sorry. Hey, on the right side, though, Veer's been coming for six months now, so he's finally yeah. came. So he's on Monday Night Raw. Oh, go ahead. Um, on, on the whole two nights kind of thing. Sure. I, I think that's also kind of dangerous, too, because let's say that, you know, you're, you're in a group of people who watches the pay-per-views together. Whenever they do it over two nights, that gives somebody a chance to, you know, like ditch out on you and not <laughs> – and not show up the next night. So, yeah, John, why you know, didn't you show up for the second night? You know, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of a con of that. So, throwing us under the bus. Be aware. Hey, listen, man, we're in our 30s now. Okay. We can only be around each other one night. Uh, Two nights is just a little much. Sorry, Cody. I enjoy your company. My bad. Oh, here Fair enough. 
Well, let's <laughs> let's dive into the actual the card itself. Um, I want to know from each of you. You know, you can you know from either night one or night two or both. What was your match of the card, or maybe your matches of the card? If you want to take it night one or night two or both, either either direction. Go ahead, Cody. I don't think you could beat Becky and Bianca. I just thought that was a great match all the way around. I mean, the fact that they've kind of, you know, when you go back to SummerSlam last year and Becky beat Bianca in 17 seconds, I mean, you, you don't really, what do you build off that? But they give those, they gave those women some time to work and they did. And they got an A-plus match for me. I mean, um, I thought that was a great match. You know, from a wrestling standpoint on this show, there was probably only two matches that I really thought had really good matches but I think it was the entertainment value that you saw from the second night, at least that kind of kept you in intrigued. And, and um, I definitely think Bianca and Becky were my match of the weekend for sure. Great choice. What about you, Zach? Uh, so for night one, um, I got to go with Cody and Seth Rollins, uh, just from a wrestling standpoint. I mean, it yes. was, it was the best product of that particular night, just because it's two of the best people in the world doing it, honestly. Um, no offense to Bianca and Becky or something, but, you know, just from what I saw, that was my favorite match of night one. Um, as far as night two goes, it was kind of a tie for me. Uh, the tag team match where RK Bro won, uh, that probably had the best wrestling on that particular night. Um, just watching Riddle do that RKO from the top rope was freaking yeah. legit. Um, and then, which it wasn't really surprising to me based off what happened at NXT, but I thought Pat McAfee did great, too. Man, that dude is so athletic, and he looks like such a natural. Um, which, by the way, Logan Paul looked great, too. He looked like a natural as well. Uh, but, yeah, McAfee just looked great like he always does. Whenever he runs up there on the top rope and does that super flex, I mean, I you like, oh, my God, that guy's a punter. But, no, that dude is an athlete. Yes. So, Yes. That's what I was going. Where do you where do you guys see them going with McAfee? Do you see kind of like a maybe like a part time wrestler, full time commentator? Do you see him being like a like a full time wrestler eventually? Maybe. I think I'd rather I'd rather they turn it into something like you know the corporation or something like that, where somebody's going up against Vince. Um, I, I don't really know that they're going to do that based off what they did at the show. But I'd like to see something where, you know, he goes against authority and, you know, kind of has a I mean, he doesn't really need a face turn because he's already a face, but just basically does something like that going up against McMahon. Yeah, I, I really I like him in the commentator role, so I, I would I like the idea of him kind of being I don't know. I think he's this is a weird thing to say, but maybe he's like today's Andre the giant in the sense that you don't want to overuse him. If you make him a regular a full-time wrestler, you're going to really, you're, you're going to minimize the value you can get out of Pat McAfee. Um, and I don't mean that in any disrespect to Andre as in saying he is, you know, obviously size or stature anywhere like that, but just in the sense that you would, I think you want to keep him like, he's like a Ferrari, you know, you're going to, you, you might keep him in the garage every and let him out every now and then. Um, but yeah, I really like, I think Pat McAfee is, he's kind of a, a big win for them when he's on the mic and when he's in the ring. So hope we keep that going. My night, my matches of the night, I've got to agree. Night one, got to agree with Zach. It's, it was Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. I mean, Seth Rollins. I mean, you might have two of the four or five best wrestlers in the entire world in that match right there. And, and they put on a, on a great show. 
Um, I love the storytelling on night two with Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, which eventually turned into Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. So that was a lot of fun. And then seeing Vince McMahon um, eat a stunner, not a very good one. We'll talk about that later. But um, that was those are my two matches. So kind of speaking of Cody Rhodes, this is a good segue. Who do you think is the next Cody Rhodes? And what I mean by that is, who is the next AEW star to move from AEW to WWE? So, because so far we've only seen one way moving. We were, we were really used to seeing WWE to AEW. Now, finally, WWE strikes back and gets a huge talent in Cody Rhodes. So are there any superstars for AEW that you could see making the move? And I don't, and I don't mean necessarily in the immediate future, but maybe within the next five years, you wouldn't be surprised. What about you, Zach? Uh, for me, it's Brian Cage. And I say that for a couple reasons. I mean, number one, AEW is not really doing anything with them right now. I think that they had re-signed him, so he's probably got just under a year left or something like that. Uh, but he's not doing much. And Vince likes big guys. Yeah. So that really makes sense to me from that kind of standpoint. So I'll go with Brian Cage. Good choice. They just put uh, Brian Cage with Tully Blanchard on ROH. So that could be a good uh, way to they? get back into AEW if they book him right. So, I mean, that I agree with Zach. I mean, I think that's uh, – I'd say Jay Cardgill. I just don't think there's any other person that I see that Vince McMahon would want, um, especially from a female standpoint. He's – or she, sorry, is, uh, I mean, she's got the stature, she's young, she's an athlete, she's a freak, and, and Vince likes that kind of stuff, so. Sure, sure. Both of the both of them meet the criteria that Vince has of, are you going to turn heads when you're at the airport? Are people going to stop and look at you and go, oh my God, who is that? Both of them would easily check those boxes. Another name that I keep thinking about is MJF. Uh, I think MJF, he's just such a perfect, just, rick flair-esque shit heel that would be perfect in wwe he's from the northeast and i could just see him just in his own heelness like pulling a move like that i don't know showing up and haunting cody Rhodes somehow or or another but i also i i couldn't agree more i think jade would be a good pick i think brian cage would be a good pick as well so my next question is what do you think from mania let's get back into mania what do you think the biggest surprise for Mania that wasn't really a surprise that maybe we all should have seen coming or did see coming? What about you? What do you think? What do you think about that question, Cody? Man, I think Roman winning. I think the way that they've built him and booked him the last two years. I, I mean, I think that they wanted you to see that as a surprise that he beat Brock, but given the fact that you know, Brock's such a part-time guy and you've got a full-time guy now that has two championships on, it's got to be on two shows. I, I, I think people see that as a surprise, but not really, not, not for me. Yeah. The whole part-time thing I think is huge. I mean, could we really, could we really see Vince McMahon giving both belts to a guy who may or may not be there in a year? I mean, that's, that's a, that's a pretty tough pill to swallow. Uh, what about you, Zach? Uh, for me, it was really one of two things. Um, Logan Paul being as good as he was. Um, and, and I hate to say that it's not a surprise because I think the guy's a douchebag and everything. Uh, but it didn't really surprise me to see him get in there and, and be able to, you know, at least um, look not lost. Sure. But he actually looked really good. 
Yeah. Um, which is not a surprise to me just because, you know, he's, he's some, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty much an athlete, you know, he's done all the boxing stuff. Um, the other thing was, this wasn't really a surprise in the sense that, you know, we've seen it before, but Bianca winning, um, it, it was just kind of the way that it happened, you know, like to me, it was a surprise just because, you know, there wasn't really a lot of fanfare or anything like that, you know, like we kind of expected it to happen. And so that's what made me think that it was not going to happen. Uh, knowing knowing WWE yeah and so you know just seeing her take title back um like I said there was no fanfare like you know because she lost you know she dropped the belt to Becky in like five seconds at whatever pay-per-view was last year after winning it at Mania and so I figured you know for the rematch there'd be something you know that would try to keep us intrigued or something like that and there really wasn't it was just a she went out there and did her, you know, she's the EST thing, and that's ultimately how she won. So I was a little surprised by that also. <laughs> she did have story... that fantastic entrance with the marching band from Texas State. I thought that was really cool. Maybe we should have all seen it coming as soon as Texas State, the band. Was it was Texas out. State or was it Southern Texas? Did we ever was it? Oh, my goodness. I'm Well, Texas Southern, I think. Texas Southern, good grief! I'm gonna have to edit it out. So <laughs> there's so many. Yeah, that's hard to keep up with. If, okay. If there, the, it, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. If you follow the Becky and uh, Bianca story, though, and it's kind of a. They say it's a story. Uh, maybe it's a story of redemption, but the fact that they knew that they booked themselves in a corner when they took the belt off of her at SummerSlam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now they did do a decent job of telling that story to put her back over. So. You know, it, it's good to see that they think enough of her to fix that mistake. Sure. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was it, it was just all filler stuff. It was, you know, ripping out Becky's hair and then her, her having to get a haircut or something like that. Like, it wasn't anything, you know, like compelling about the story that made me want to watch it. Like, there was no personal stake or anything like that. Like, they didn't really mention the match they had at Mania last year throughout the feud which I didn't really understand, but, you know, it, it's whatever in that regard. So, I mean, at least they did the right thing. Sure. You mean Sasha and Bianca? Uh, no, the WrestleMania match last year between Bianca and Becky. They didn't – that was Sasha and Bianca. Oh, Sasha, sorry. I keep saying Becky, my bad. You're right. No, these manias, they're so long. They blend together. It's okay. I – I think my the moment of the night that was surprising but should not have been was Vince when Vince McMahon got stunned by Stone Cold Steve Austin. As soon as Vince McMahon and Austin Theory were ganging up on Pat McAfee, McMahon has his shirt off, you know, his muscles are out like it's the 90s again. So I just that was that was a really fun moment, but it was like, okay, come on, we we had to have this. McMahon cannot get away with this, not in Stone Cold State. So Speaking of Vince and Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, where does the stunner that Austin gave Vince McMahon rank in terms of worst stunners of all time? It's pretty bad, right? It definitely, definitely top three. <laughs> top so the, three. Way that, the way that I would organize it is, well, first of all, I just need to say this. Uh, Vince is looking freaking awesome for <laughs> how old is that guy? 70 something? 77 it has to be 77 i mean good lord the biceps on that man uh, but as far as you know where that stunner actually ranks 
I think it's easily the worst one of all time. Um, and, and really, it was just from the reaction of Stone Cold. Like, the moment that he did it, he just started busting out laughing. Like, he knew how terrible that looked. And, like, you know, you've got a whole lot of history of really bad stunners. Like, Donald Trump's was pretty bad. And <laughs> I think that one took the cake on it just because – it was choreographed incredibly poorly. Like he didn't get a hold of him the first time he threw him into the ropes and then came back and still it looked horrible. Yes. So I'm going to go with worst of all time. What about you, Cody? Can you imagine any other wrestler taking that stunner and what Vince's reaction to that wrestler would be? Oh my God. They'd gosh. probably be fired. Yep. They yeah. would be fired. And Vince McMahon, <laughs> the owner of the biggest wrestling company in the world, Takes the worst stunner of all time. Definitely hands down. Donald Trump's was bad, but also, I mean, Trump is Trump. So everything he does <laughs> is bad. So take that. Zero expectations of, of him taking a good stunner. Uh, well, it was it, there was some redemption. Pat McAfee took an amazing stunner. And so I think that one, it ranks up there as one of the best. Like, I don't know if it's up there with like the Scott Hall, like, you know, shooting to the moon stunner, but that one's up there too. Do you got any favorite stunners? Any, 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 does the Pat McAfee come close to you for you guys? That one came close to me just because he sold it really well. Like he had, yeah. he had the beer in his mouth too. And he pretty much perfectly, you know, timed <laughs> that. Um, as far as my favorite stunners might've always been the ones from the rock. Like, oh. I, I just don't think the way that he would sell that and just go sprawling across the ring into the ropes just the way that he sold it was just always my favorites, at least. I would agree. Probably The Rock. I, I think my other one would be Xavier Woods at WrestleMania the last time they were in Dallas. Oh, just the wow. way that he sold, is it was great. I thought Theory did it. I thought Theory took it, took it pretty well, too. So Yeah. yeah. Two out of three. Not so, bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to surprises. But now I want to talk about surprises we actually didn't see coming. So, for example, like... I was really surprised that Ronda didn't get the win. I just thought her coming back to the Royal Rumble the way she did, coming back maybe to avenge her loss. I think, was it WrestleMania 35, 36? I can't remember when it was, the one she lost in the triple threat match. Um, I really expected her to come away with the W. So that was probably my biggest surprise. Uh, Zach, were there any, what, what other big surprises from the night, you know, maybe that you didn't see coming? What, what was one of your, uh, one for you? Well, for me, it's two-prong. I mean, first of all, it's Cody actually showing up on the interview or on the pay-per-view. Um, you know, we'd heard rumors that it was going to actually happen, but at the moment that it did, it was still the biggest surprise to me because, you know, it was new. It was somebody going from AEW to WWE, which we had not seen before, and especially the, one of the guys who's one of the executive vice presidents for it. Like, we heard a whole bunch of rumors, but actually seeing it, you know, was really different for me. And not only that, the other part of it is the way that they booked him. You know, we remember when Cody left WWE, he wasn't, you know, some main event guy. He was maybe a mid-card guy, um, you know, had the Stardust thing going on too. Uh, but the fact that they actually booked him so incredibly strong whenever he came back, he went up against one of their top guys in Seth Rollins. And they put on a great match and they had him going over. So that honestly surprised me a little bit too just to see him come back and them actually pushing him 
to what we think that he should be, you know, us as AEW fans. Uh, but actually seeing it in the WWE product was the biggest surprise for me. Zach, I want to kind of pivot off that for just a second, then I'll go to Cody. I could not agree more in terms of, I, you know, I knew it was coming with Cody, but to actually see him on the stage, to hear his music play, hear Kingdom play, and see him on the, the biggest stage of them all in WWE, I don't know, it just was, it was shocking to see and I don't know, you see the same song or hear the same song and you see the same entrance at AEW and it's great, but it, it just something about it felt bigger because it was on that massive stage against not a chump by any means. I mean, it's Seth freaking Rollins who at any moment could be the guy in WWE. So I, I have to agree with you there. That was pretty shocking all around, but go ahead, Cody. I think for me, it was uh Stone Cold wrestling a match and Vince McMahon wrestling a match. You know, you go back to February when you start hearing the rumors that, you know, Stone Cold's going to wrestle Kevin Owens, and obviously that kind of fades away. They're going to do the KO show. And then you start hearing rumors that Vince is going to wrestle McAfee, and then that kind of goes away after they book, you know, McAfee in theory. The fact that the WWE was able to surprise those with surprise us with both of those and kind of, you know, surprise the dirt sheets and the, the, the fact that they were able to keep all that stuff hidden, that, I think that's two of the biggest surprises they've pulled off in a, in a long time. Couldn't agree more there either. I, I Even up to when Stone Cold got in the ring, I was not expecting them to ring a bell, lead into a match. I, I just didn't see that coming. I, until it actually happened, I was I was not expecting that, even with all the buildup. So that's yeah, a and not only that, you know, just seeing him have a match was surprising. He actually had a match. Yes. Like, it wasn't one of those 10-second, one stunner, and it's done kind of things. They had a match. Yes. And I mean, Stone Cold doesn't look like, you know, the workhorse that he used to be or anything like that. So it's not as smooth as it used to be. But they actually had a wrestling match and they went outside the ring and did all kinds of stuff. Like whatever Kevin uh, suplexed him onto the concrete, I about had a heart attack because <laughs> I figured that he might die. But no, he got up and looked great and got back in the ring and finished everything off. So that, that was a little bit surprising to me as well. Yes. And to your point, it's funny because, I mean, you, you, I mean, they probably went, what, 15, 20 minutes, probably about 15. Yeah. You know, you've seen Goldberg be back for multiple years now. You saw mm -hmm. Sean come back a couple years ago. I don't think anybody's had that good of a comeback match per se. Right. Maybe, maybe Sting. Yeah. But, the cinematic match maybe, or even some of his matches where right. he's been in the ring. Sure. Sure. I, I think the surprise element of that was, was great. And yeah. that's another thing. We didn't see any cinematic matches this year. I well, you don't yeah. need to do that with a live crowd, you know? Sure. You don't need to, but, you know, I thought that they started something good. It was cool. I thought so cool, many yeah. other careers could be resurrected by, by cinematic yeah. matches. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Anybody, any, bring anybody back. You can, you can do a cinematic match. So what I want to know is what we'll, we'll kind of, we'll talk about the big picture of WrestleMania. So, who were your biggest winners from WrestleMania 38? This doesn't necessarily have to be someone who won their match, but let's say like, who are the superstars from WrestleMania 38 that were the most memorable to you, win or lose? Or, or think about it this way. In 10 years, if somebody asks you about WrestleMania 38, who are you going to bring up? Uh, Cody, let's start with you. And I think it's got to be Cody Rhodes. I mean, the transition from AEW to WWE, I mean, it's like what you guys 
said earlier, it just seemed unreal. And, you know, it's, it's like when the Hardys came back, what, four or five years ago, you're going to remember that forever. Yeah. And I think Cody pretty much etched his name and, and, and the, and the memories there for me for, for probably ever. Yes. Good answer. Zach. Uh, for me, it's, it's probably either Logan Paul or Pat McAfee just because oh, wow. of um, the actual show that they put on stage, you know, just being people who aren't wrestlers and going out and doing what they did. Um, I, I think, most people are going to remember that more. Um, for me, um, if I had to say anything, I'd, I'd probably say either Cody or Bianca, honestly. Um, just And it just depends on what they do with them afterwards. Because if they go out and do the WWE thing where they just bury them right after this, then, yeah, I'm probably not going to remember it. So it kind of depends on them. But the way it's set up, I, I think that those two going forward would be something that you know I personally would remember from this one. Excellent. I, I think I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. I, you know, he lost his match with Stone Cold, but I think he was such the perfect heel to help get Austin over in Dallas. He spent so much time cutting Stone Cold down before and even during WrestleMania to get him into the ring, to get him into the match. He got Stone Cold to come out of retirement, and he even managed to get a Stone Cold stunner on stone cold himself it, I, that was unbelievable i didn't think stone cold was gonna lose by any means but like i didn't think he was gonna eat a stunner uh so when that happened and then he you know he kicks out he, he gets the stunner and wins himself but it was it was just unbelievable so i i, I want to flip this question around now let's go with the biggest losers from wrestlemania 38 this could even be somebody who won a match but this is the opposite of the last question so who are the wwe superstars you felt like had maybe the most disappointing WWE or WrestleMania 38 experience. Let's go with Zach. Uh, to me, it's Sami Zayn. Um, this was a guy who, had, who I think it was literally two weeks before this pay-per-view had the Intercontinental title, and then he gets booked for basically a joke match, which he ends up losing. Um, he didn't look terrible in the match itself. Like, you know, he still got some offense in and all that kind of stuff. But the fact that he went from such a big deal – to dropping the title to Ricochet to go into this WrestleMania match as a joke. Um, that, that really just proves it to me that, you know, he, I really hope that they do something with him because I, I've always loved Sami Zayn. I think that he's a great wrestler. Um, I don't expect them to go put a, luch, a luchador mask on him again or anything like that, but I kind of wish they would because at this point, you know, I, I, it, it pains me to say because i love his character I, you know i i love you know the kind of conspiracy theorist all that kind of stuff that he actually is but i don't know maybe they'll go put him back with owens again or something because i've always loved that but i i just wish they would do something with him other than just giving him the intercontinental title every now and then what about you cody i think it was probably most of the females on the roster not named charlotte becky bianca or Ronda. I mean, the fact that you have a two night event, you have eight, you know, eight of the women in a four way tag match, you know, you, you could have done a one-on-one -on -one feud, you know, you could have done um, a, a, anything with Sasha. I mean, you have Sasha and Naomi, you could have done a one-on-one -on -one feud there, Rhea and Liv to put all those women in a tag match, I think completely disrespectful to everything you're trying to do with that. Um, you know, just because you have two women doesn't mean you have to have a title you know, there's a story there if you tell it right. And and then it was disappointing that they didn't do more with the women's roster for me. 
Sure. Yeah. And, and look who didn't show up. We didn't see Bailey. We didn't see Oscar. We didn't see Alexa. We didn't see any of these people. Not even any of like the old people like Trish or anything like that. You know, they could have done something because there was only one match on night two with women in it. And it was that massive tag team match. So it's like, what are y'all doing? Because, you know, they've made it a big deal in recent years where, you know, we had the one year where the women were actually the main event and the product that they give out is pretty darn good. You know, I don't normally have any complaints about it. Um, So it's just like they need to do something with it, which they just completely abandoned that this year for some reason. See, I thought I thought one thing they could do with Sasha this year was give her, you know, Trish or Lita, give her that big win at WrestleMania. Yeah. And I, I think they really dropped the ball on not doing that for her. So that was disappointing for me. Well, yeah, cheapen, cheapens it with that tag team win instead of getting her own one-on-one mania win, even if it's over someone like, like you said, maybe it's a legend. It doesn't even have to be for a belt necessarily. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, you both there that they dropped the ball. I think kind of pivoting off what Zach said about Sami Zayn, him dropping the title, the Intercontinental title, you know, why don't we see Ricochet on WrestleMania with the Intercontinental title? I think WWE is a loser for not having Ricochet, who may be, you know, the most impressive superstar who just doesn't get enough TV time. It's unbelievable. Um, And, but I think my biggest losers, and it's not really anything they did necessarily, but it's Sheamus and Ridge Holland versus the New Day. That match was supposed to be on night one. It got cut, moved to night two, um, you know, and it, it was a minute and 40 seconds. Sheamus and Rich, you know, Ridge Holland get the win. But if you think about it, it's like Sheamus and Kofi have held the WWE title. They both have had these massive moments at, at WrestleMania. And you do them this way, like, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, again, it's just like, how do you have two nights, but you do a minute and 40 to these guys? Like, I, I don't know, like, if it's just the the programming or what, but that's where I feel like they really, they really dropped the ball um, for this mania. And, and so anyways, you know, so I think it go- sounds like we have some nits to pick about this mania. It definitely was not a perfect one. So I've got a couple more questions before we wrap up. My first question here, or one of my first to last questions is this, How, what grade would each of you give this WrestleMania? You know, if we were getting, it's a report card. Uh, uh, what grade would you give Cody? Let's hear what, what grade would you give mania 38? You know, I'd probably go night one for me was an a plus, you know, as wow. a kid growing up watching stone cold from, you know, it was like a dream come true. So night one was an a plus. I thought night two was kind of a downer. So I'd give it probably like a B. So I, all weekend long, I'd give it probably a B plus it, it exceeded my expectations. And the one thing about this pay-per-view that I will say is in years past, WrestleMania and even AEW pay-per-views at some point during the show, they lose me. You know, if, if, if it's midway through it, um, they lose my interest for like a match or two. I don't think that really happened this last weekend. I, I think they kept my, my, uh, they kept me entertained. Um, and, and, and the one thing about that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar match, and that was disappointing for me, but before that you have Stone Cold come out one last time, and, and give Vince the stunner for the entertainment value of WrestleMania. I thought they did really, really well. Cool. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'd probably give it a B minus. Um, I'm not as nice as Cody about night one. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably, I'd give it an A or an A minus. Night two, just 
really didn't do it for me. I, I can tell you at the point that they lost me was pretty much towards the end of the edge match. And then you had the Sheamus match right after that. And then the McAfee thing, they lost me pretty much right there. Um, so in terms of night two, I'd probably give that thing like a C plus or something like that. If I'm honestly being nice. Um, the, the, the problem with that is, is that whenever you're grading something, you know, either one, you're being objective and you're just giving your grades that you're doing there or number two, you're grading it based on what the product is. And so I think Cody's right for night one, that's an A plus for WWE for their kind of program. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I don't think I can be as nice as like an overall grade. So I'll give it a B minus. It, it definitely exceeded my expectations as well. Um, you know, especially night one, like uh, the way that they organized that thing, which is great. Um, but yeah, let's go B minus. I, I think the one thing about this WrestleMania that I, I did not like was, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, they really tried to fill that with people like Logan Paul and McAfee. And as great as those guys were, and don't get me wrong, and in all the jackass stuff, that had its entertaining moments. You know, this is where I think I'm more of an AEW guy where it's I want to see pure wrestling. Yeah, I want to yeah. see every match on the card be a – a four to five star match, maybe a six star, you know, that's, well, that's where it's tough for me, but WWE is definitely graded differently by me from that point. Sure. It depends on how you do it because there have been some pay-per-views where WWE has done it pretty well. Like the Floyd Mayweather thing back in the day uh, with big show, they booked that pretty well. Even at AEW has done some stuff with Mike Tyson. Right. So the way Don't they get bad do money. It, yeah. Or bad, bad money. Bad money yeah, was, was awesome. Yep. And he was really good. And so, you know, I mean, it, you can do it in a way that, you know, actually enhances your product. It's definitely possible. But, you're, you know, you're towing, you know, a pretty um, close line on that whenever you do it. And especially when you have three matches on your card that are celebrity based, it's just like you guys are kind of going for the entertainment value of it instead of actually booking it within your product. Sure, sure. I, I'm surprised. I, I guess hearing you all say talk say you like night one more is kind of surprising. I I don't know. I walked away like I could not. I couldn't put. I watched night two on my phone and you know. So, but at one point during night two, I couldn't put my phone down. I was just so gripped to it, like watching Stone Cold come back and stun McMahon. I know. I know the Brock you know Roman match was a little disappointing, kind of overall, but. I don't know, all the lead up to it. I was just hooked on that. It just felt like a heavyweight title fight. It felt like a Vander Holyfield and Mike Tyson going at it one more time. So I don't know. I, I When I initially watched the pay-per-view, I kind of thought night two was better in the sense that it really had me grip for all these different moments. But maybe retrospectively, I think in totality, night one is probably better if you consider, you know, the Cody Rhodes moment the first Austin match where you really get the full match and, and you also get, you know, those other big moments I think we've talked about here and uh, throughout the show. So I also think that we need to talk about when you talk about Roman and Brock a little bit more. Sure. That was disappointing for me just for what it was. And the reason why it was because I knew that this was what they were going to do <laughs> because we've seen this thing what four of the last however many wrestlemanias it's been the main event of it and they come out and do the exact same thing they always do which is big moves and then roman wins off some 
podunk sphere that he comes off the ropes on and you're not expecting it to end at that moment and you're just like oh okay yeah i guess he did hit a spear so that should be it but all right i, I was expecting Roman, them i, I was I expecting them to do the guillotine for some reason i was like got hurt is what the rumor i remember is. hearing that like yeah because he said a shoulder popped out or whatever right Roman did? they said at one point they said brock called for that he just said end it oh like, wow it was, it was very anticlimactic that makes that makes a lot of sense because it did feel like that. Yeah, I, I could e- if that is true, I could easily believe that. I mean, if Brock Lesnar spears Roman Reigns three times and Roman kicks out, how is it that Roman Reigns spears Brock Lesnar once and Brock doesn't kick out? Sure. You know, sure. there's no, there's no, you can't believe that. You know. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, well, it's, it's, it was it, at that point because I do remember him saying, you know his shoulder was out. I, he said that to Paul yes. Heyman at one point. And so I guess maybe that was real. And that's maybe that's why it ended so quickly, but it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth because you know, it's WrestleMania and y'all just gave me the exact same thing that I've seen out of, you know, four, is it four of the past, whatever, or three of the past, right. whatever. I, I can't mean, remember. You go back and watch Crown Joel from four months ago. You got the same match. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was nothing that set it apart from anything else that they had done. Like, right even bring the Usos out or something like, and just have Brock decimate them and do that spot. Just do something that, you know, might keep me entertained a little bit. And I think it really hurts WWE when you book a match like this, when you have these two massive superstars and then you slap a label on it saying, this is the best ever, the biggest match ever. I can't remember what the slogan was or, you know, but you're just, you're, you're immediately building up this massive amount of hype that's like, there's no way they can live up to that. Even if they have yeah. a good match, it's not going to be the best ever. I mean, you know, I, that's, that, I think that's just setting themselves up for failure in that regard. So my last question, as we're wrapping things up, I want to know, you guys are both such big consumers of the product. What I want to know is, what are your biggest predictions going forward? Either I, what I first want to know is, do you have any storyline predictions? And two, what is your prediction for next mania? We're going to run this tape back a year from now when we're, we're doing the breakdown of WrestleMania 39 and we can see how right or wrong we each were. So what do you think is going to happen story-wise? And then what do you think the main event for the next mania will be? Uh, go ahead. Start us off, Cody. I mean, I think you got to put, I think you got to do Cody Rhodes and Roman here pretty soon. You know, the one thing about Cody is you've got to keep him hot. And, you know, one thing that I've kind of like came to the realization of is Cody kind of dampered down a little bit in AW. But I, I look at Cody Rhodes a lot like Moxley. You know, if you look at Moxley in his last six to nine months in the WWE, he was a mid-card guy. It, he cooled off a lot. He goes into AEW and right away he's hot. And within a year, he's a world champion. I think you have to do that same thing with Cody. You have to have him take a title off of Roman and, and keep him hot. Because if you don't keep him hot, he's going to fall right back down to that mid-card level. And, and I think you need to do that within the next probably three months. And as far as main event for me, there's no other main event that they can make if they're trying to sell pay-per-views in L.A., than the rock and roman there's no other story to tell if if you're as desperate as what you were this year to sell tickets in texas and you need stone cold you're not going to get that next year so you have to do roman and you have to do the rock for i i think for it to be 
a LA WrestleMania extravaganza, you know? Ooh, so Rock and Roman. Okay, we got to vote for Rock and Roman. We got to vote for Cody Rhodes getting a run at the, the WWE, or, or I was assuming he would get a run at the WWE title, correct? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Zach, that, what about you? What are your big predictions? What mine was, I mean, and it's, I don't know what Roman's championship belt situation looks like. Like, does he have two of them? And then somebody can just come pick off one of them? Or is it just one of them now? Are they going to end the brand split? Like, I don't know what it looks like. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm with Cody. I think the only thing that you can logically do is, I guess, have Roman, if they're two belts, have them drop one of them to Cody at some point um, and then do that run with them just to keep him hot. Um, but as far as that, if he's got another belt, and just have him hold on to it and then have The Rock show up at the Rumble or something like that. Um, and then book it for the main event of WrestleMania. Because, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, that's about the only thing I can think of that's going to really do anything, you know, star power-wise. Like, you can't do Cena with Roman at this point because we've already seen that. Uh, well, granted, I can say that, but they can just do it again. So, um, And, you know, I want to say something women-wise, but, I, bros, I can't think of anything. I, I don't know. <laughs> Because we got Charlotte and Bianca who are the champions. I don't know anybody who they could sign that would come back that or anybody that they could sign, first of all, or anybody that could come back or get called up from NXT that would really do much of anything that we haven't seen before. Do we have do we have one more horsewomen match that we need I, to see? I think that you could have done so that where I think they messed up was, you know, when Becky pinned Ronda a couple years ago. The fact that Ronda didn't come back looking for revenge for that, looking for that loss back. I think yeah. they really dropped the ball on the momentum of doing a Becky and Ronda this year. But now that Ronda lost to Charlotte, I almost feel like you dropped the ball on doing that next year. Sure. Because I, I feel like that was the highest momentum women's match you could do. And they've, they've done screw that up. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, outside of signing somebody like Jade Cargill, I don't know – women wise what we can even look forward to like right. i just don't know I, I mean i'm just i'm we didn't see a whole lot of women on this pay-per-view so i mean sure. we've at least yeah. got some you know fresh blood to come up in there i guess i mean but, man, if you can book sasha to the moon you know charlotte and sasha is always a good fallback option but I'm good. I mean, that is if they I've, will book sasha i've seen it before uh <laughs> right. plenty of times i, I want to see something different and i just i don't know what's I, different I, at this point I think you'd have to do a fatal four-way four-horsewoman match. I think that's the yeah. one match that they haven't done that they need yeah. to do. And yeah, we haven't seen that. But they're, they'd have to be all in the same brand or something. Yeah, they'd yeah. have to figure out some way to, you know. Yeah. We've got a year to work through it. So I yep. think my, my predictions, I think Cody Rose is the first shot in the next round, I think, of WWE, their competition with AEW. I think that ramps things up and it's good for both sides. I think, I think that level of competition is good. I think my prediction is either Cody is going to get a WWE title shot either against Roman or in some weird way, Roman might drop the belt and maybe creates a scenario where you have like a tournament for the title. Cody wins the tournament. I'm a guy who loves a good tournament, love March Madness. So let's get Cody in a tournament. You know, he's an old school wrestler. I'm sure that would be right up his alley. 
I want to say Rock and Roman for WrestleMania 39, but I'm going to go a little off the wall. I'm going to go a prediction here that is sure to go wrong, but if it goes right, I'm going to be really happy. Let's go. One corner, we got Brock Lesnar. Other corner, we got Gable Stevenson, who is the best wrestler of all time. So I just want to see that somewhere, somehow. I, I think Rock and Roman would be the better sell, but I could just easily see if that doesn't work out. Vince is like, all right, let's let's throw like as much cash at Brock, get him against Gabe. You know, let's let's make this work. So that's my prediction. We'll meet up again in a year and see how how right or wrong each of us were. So that's gonna wrap up things for today's episode. Thank you so much to Zach, to Cody for joining me today to break down WrestleMania 38. I say, let's make this a tradition. We'll be back for WrestleMania 39. Or if something big happens in WrestleMania, we'll get together and talk about that too. It doesn't always have to be mania. Um, This is episode 22 of Knowledge Brew Supreme with my ultimate goal of reaching 100 episodes. That means I'm only 78 away. Thank you for your continued support. Please share this podcast with a friend, a family member, or a loved one uh, to help spread the word. Be good and be safe. Peace out.